us tonight and help us we depend on you Lord to hear what you have to say come and prepare a feast a table before us bless our hearts thank you Jesus help me help my heart to minister your word help me to find direction access not to lean on my own understanding trust in you to lead. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. Um, it says that uh, let's read from verse verse thank you, Father. From verse 16. Hebrews 10, verse 16. Um, it says that this is the covenant that I will make with them. Thank you, Jesus. Um, if we just go back a little, let's see verse. Verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, that this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their heart and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Praise Jesus. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Praise God. Verse 18 said that where remission of this is, that there is no more offering for sin. What remission? That is the that is the remission of verse 14. If you go back to verse 14, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, verse 14, for by one offering he perfected forever them that are sanctified. So he's speaking about the particular sort of provision that you find in Jesus for them that are sanctified, right? Them that are sanctified have their own perfection. Praise God. So perfection, there is perfection in, in sanctification, right? And there is perfection in God. Praise Jesus. So, and it, that will make sense to you that if a man, God, we know God has his perfection, of course. Um, but if, if there is there's perfection in God, there can also be perfection in man. The fact is that every kind of nature has its perfect state. Do you understand? So um, the, the nature and the image of Christ has its own Perfection, and we know Christ is is a type of man, right? And that man calls him a perfect man in Ephesians chapter four, right? He call he said that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, teachers, evangelists. Praise God for the what perfecting of the church. The perfecting of what? For the perfecting of the church, or sorry, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and then for the edifying of who? Of the body of Christ. So there's what you call the, the body of Christ. Uh, Ephesians 4 was speaking about something specific, what he calls the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not, um, um, amen. amen. Is a, is the, what do you say? The body of Christ is a kind of, is a kind of a, a uh, is, a, is, a, is a marriage or is a kind of a bride that should have some kind of marriage. Do you understand? That is the, the, the bride who will, the state of readiness to be married to Christ as the head is not the same state of readiness for the marriage of the Lamb. So, the bride of the Christ and what you call the bride of the Lamb are not the same. 
in the Bible. Praise God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say? Um, so there is the... You saw in, so it was in Revelation that we saw the marriage. Say, Let us be glad, rejoice and be glad. Uh, give all the word. Glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And then his wife has made herself ready. Praise God. Um, so that readiness of the wife of the Lamb is another kind of readiness which the church we put on, which is a readiness that is after the state of the perfect man. Praise Jesus. What did I say? Is the readiness word. After the word. After the state. So, so this bride that has made herself ready is coming into another phase of perfection. After she has actually been perfected before. So, <laughs> you see that? So she has perfected, been perfected before, but she's coming into another phase of perfection. So there is the, the perfection of, a, of, of man, a kind of perfection of man, but there is what you call the perfection of God according to the standard of God. Praise Jesus. Um, in this Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, um, chapter 4, praise God. He said it's for the perfecting of the saints. Then he said for the work of the ministry. Then for the edifying, or that word edifying means the building up for, of the body of Christ. The perfecting of the saints. The work of the ministry. And then for the word edifying of the word of the body of Christ then are you seeing that body of Christ is a bride, is a kind of wife of Christ who will marry Christ, the head. Do you understand? There is Christ who is the head of the body of Christ, but who has a head too? Whose head is God? Right, when Paul was speaking about marriage, Right, he was saying that the man, for example, is the head of the woman, and Christ is the head of the man, and God is the head of Christ. So, of course, using the man and the woman to typify something, later he said, I speak of a mystery, right, which is a mystery between what Christ and the church. So, marriage is a mystery between Christ actually and the church, it's a kind of marriage, it's a typification of the marriage between Christ and the church. Praise God. Um, but there is, when, if you check the spirit, you will see two points of marriage, actually, in, in terms of the, in the curriculum of, you know, now you can have a spectrum of development that can go from man to God. Um, that is the beauty of what the Lord Jesus Christ did. That thing did not exist before, but thank God for Jesus that in the spirit you can actually find there something exists as a spectrum from where a man can grow up. And then you see in that spectrum you find two points of marriage. Actually, you find there are two points of marriage. It's the point where, where uh, a man who has become perfect is joined to 
to, to the head called Christ and they become one. And then together they have to get married to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Those are two points of what? Of aha, two points of marriage. Thank you, Jesus. So, I don't know if I'm, are you agreeing with what I'm saying? So it says, for the perfecting of the body. So this thing called body of Christ here, thank you, Jesus, is not just the church, right? It's not just saying, ah, we'll go to the church, and then after a while, the church will be perfected by the working of the fivefold ministry. In a sense, that is correct, but... Um, this is speaking more precisely about, it didn't just say church, it's speaking about the body of Christ. Praise Jesus. So, so Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13, let's see. Verse 13, it says, Till we all come in then the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, then unto the word measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is verse 4, verse 13. Then verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. Praise God. Tossed were to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Then go to verse 15. But then speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Praise Jesus. Let's see verse 16. Are you seeing that it's specific about Christ there? Then verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, then make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Are you seeing that? Then verse 17. Then this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Praise God. And he goes on and, and goes on. And finally he speaks about alienation from the life of God. Amen. Now, so you see um, the, um, go back a little, that where he spoke about the body growing up into the edifying of itself. So he said every part, measure of every part, making increase of the body onto the edifying of what? Of itself in love. So, when you see what is when it says the whole body, this whole body fitly joined together is not separate from Christ. Verse 16 is not separate from Christ. It's actually the full functioning of the body. So you, you see that the body of Christ cannot really function until it has joined with his head. Are you seeing that? that but there, there are things that there's a ministry that needs to be done to bring about that joining or what you call the marriage of the body with the head. Praise God. Now, 
And But when that has happened, both the body and the head will move into another season of edification, which it calls the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Right? The, the, that point is another season of edification, which is actually administrated by the head, directly by the head, when the head is joined to the body. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now you can think about this as the church. You can think about this you know, in a collective sense, or as the, what you call maybe the, you can call it the body of Christ or the church, the ecclesia. But, and you can speak about this in an individual sense, because in the end, the individual will make up the collective. Right? Without, you can never have a body of Christ that's joined with him without his people who have, who are in their soul have come into, into union with Christ. Those are the people who will form this part, do you see that, of what we call the body that has been joined with Christ. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go, back to, let's go back to the perfecting. Perfecting. For the perfecting of the saints. Thank you, Jesus. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Then verse 11. Till we all come. Okay, sorry. 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man unto the word, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there is a kind of man which we call a perfect man. So a perfect man is the, the man that has come into the measure of the stature of what? The fullness of Christ. So that man is a, is person, is a person who has experienced Hebrews chapter 10. If you go back to Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, verse 14. So when you go back, you see what they are saying. Let's pick it. We read from verse 14 before, but now to capture more of the context, let's go backwards from, from verse, um, verse 12. It said that, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, Right, from henceforth, making expecting until his word enemies be made his word footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So this is saying that by that one offering is is the wholesome offering which he offered that he has perfected forever. Them that are what? Them that are sanctified. Praise Jesus. So, those who are sanctified have, are people who have experienced a perfection but are going for another perfection. Do you see that? So, it's very clear that sanctified brethren, you can tell like, that sanctified, everybody who is sanctified is a person who has come into that measure of the, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
That's actually the curriculum of sanctification. When you say, I am sanctified, or your soul is sanctified, that soul has come into fullness of Christ. Christ is actually a sanctification that is given to, to, to the soul. But there is, beyond sanctification, there is an offering by which he, he brings perfection for those who are what are sanctified. Praise God. So in the realm of Christ, you have um, the, what you call the perfect man. Then in the realm of God, you also have curriculums of what? Good and perfect. Do you see that? You have, you have good of Christ. Every kind of man has his goodness and his perfection. Right? The same thing in Christ, there is the goodness of Christ and then the perfection of Christ that is reflected in the, when you read the book of the wheel, right, which they were referring to um, in verse 7 here. It says, let's go back to verse 7. Praise God. Are we ready for the Bible? Yes, sir. Okay. So verse 7, it says, um, wherefore when he cometh into the world, verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 5, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, thou hast no pleasure. And then I said, then said, I lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Are you, are you seeing that? So this doing the will, let's read on. It says, above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein. Which, sorry, which are offered by the Lord. Then said he, Lord, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, establish the second, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of what? The body of Jesus Christ once and what? And for all. Praise God. So you see, the, the method of sanctification is through the offering of the body of who? Of Jesus Christ once and not, and what? For all. Praise Jesus. Now, this will which is spoken about here when it says, I'm coming to do thy will, you see that the, the program of the will is the program of, of offering and sacrifices. Do you see that? That's what the will of God, the will we're speaking about is the program of what? Offerings and what? Sacrifices. And so the, the increase of the soul to God is ascension in the programs of the wills of God. First of all, you have to come into the, the beginning will, which is the, what you call the, the good will. Right? There's what you call the what? 
the goodwill. It starts with the goodwill. And there is, there is a goodwill in Christ. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh-huh. Well, those, the goodwill of Christ is what you call good works. In, first of all, where is workmanship created? Ephesians chapter 2, where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which it was ordained that we should do what? That we should walk in them. Do you see that? That's Ephesians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 1, what does Colossians 1 say? I will make walk worthy of the Lord unto what? All pleasing. Colossians 1 verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in what? Every good work first, and then increasing in the knowledge. So by the time a soul has become fruitful in every good work, it means that that soul is not just good alone. That soul has become perfected. You have gotten some kind of perfection that has brought forth fruitfulness that will then cause the soul to begin to increase where in the, in the knowledge of God. Amen. Another way to put it is in, the, in Christ, um, you, you have to calibrate the tidings. That's what they call the good tidings, right? It's, they are good tidings, according to the prophet Isaiah, that published peace, right? He said, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of them that bring good tidings, that published peace, then that bring good tidings of good. It's a, what, that's Isaiah 52, right? That publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, then thy God reigneth. You're seeing that. So you're seeing good that publishes peace. Then, then when peace has been published, then another, you move into another season of goodness that will bring salvation. So both peace and salvation are two kinds of perfections. Praise God that when there's what he called peace, he said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Who stayed. That, that person who, whose mind has gotten to stay. So the measure of peace is when the mind can stay on him. That's a sign that a person has gotten to be. Isaiah 26 verse 3. That thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he thought what? He trusted in thee. So there is the, there is the perfection of peace, right, which happens in Christ. The purpose of Christ or the nature of Christ is to perfect peace. Is to make peace perfect in the soul. It's called peace with God. Right? Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. When a soul has had peace with God, that soul has, is a kind of perfection. Right? It's a kind of a perfect man. In, in fact, there is, no be, there is no better state a man can be in and being at peace with God. Can you find a better man than a man who is at peace with God? It's not possible. 
So it means if you can't find a better man than a man who is at peace with God, right? And I mean without crossing into the terrain of divinity. Do you understand? Because the only way you can, place you can find a man who is better than someone who is at peace with God is a man who has taken the divinity of God himself. So that's such a man, you won't say this one is at peace with God alone. Is that this one has the, the nature of God. Do you get the difference? So we're, but we're talking about a man who's just purely a man, but the highest state that a man can be is being at peace. So that is a kind of a perfection. It's a kind of a perfection. It's a kind of fullness that the soul can come into. Do you agree with that? <laughs> so that thing of publishing peace is what they call the publishing of peace, which is bringing about the perfection of the first good. Then, praise God, then, how beautiful are the are, upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, then that bringeth what, what he calls good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation. So salvation is another kind of perfection, right? Which is, the me- salvation is the measurement of the perfection of God. Right? It's a salvation to our God who sits upon the throne. Right? That salvation is... is a, so when you think of peace, peace is something. So somebody can have peace, but doesn't yet have salvation. There are two different commodities in the spirit. These are, these are actually two main dividends and two main treasures which the Bible wants to give to you. You want to divide what is the offering of the Bible because the Bible is an archive of the spiritual gospels. Right? And this verse is just sharing and showing you the difference between the gospels. There are two gospels in the Bible. That's what you call the gospel of peace and you have the gospel of salvation. Those are the two gospels in the Bible, right? The gospel of peace and then the word, the gospel of salvation. So when he says those tidings, what tidings are good tidings or good news. The word gospel means good news. So it means that every, every gospel is a good news. That's why they call the first one good tidings. They call the second one good tidings of good. Right? So it means they are both gospels. Right? So every gospel is, is talking about is bringing in measures of goodness. They actually, um, they are like definitions, calibrations, curriculums, standards of goodness. Those are the revelations of the Bible. Praise Jesus. You know, good is God's thought. The first time we heard the word good, it was God who said it. Right? What Moses said, that, ah, it was good. You know, God said it was good. You see, first day, it, when he said it was good, it was good. And then when he, after he created man, he said it was very good. It means, so it means that good is the language of God, right? For the Lord is good and his mercy. That was something that David found. And it, it sounds just very simple. You know, you feel when you want to eulogize God and speak about him, you should look for one deep word, fabulous 
fabulistical and, you know, giant word, but David just said he's good. There's something that, right, the Lord is good. That's simple word. Praise Jesus. Say goodness. goodness. So, the word good, it seems like a very simple word, but it's not that simple. It's, it's a very <laughs> good is a problem. Every problem you have today came from good. Right? Good. It's just it's, 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 a cherubim came to Eden and branded something good. And, and then gave it to man. So it means that there's something in man that couldn't resist goodness. <laughs> Even when he spoke and spoke. He preached tidings to Eve. And after preaching his gospel, his good news, he was actually, his, well, you know, it's not really good news. It's another, but, he, but he must present it as good news. Otherwise, man will not receive it. Right? So he preached it as good to Eve. Then he preached and preached and preached and preached until the tidings were sown in Eve. And then Eve, the proof that she had received it was she then looked at the tree and saw that it was good for food. Right? That was just, it's like good, good, good everywhere. It's just about good. That season, that time of Eden was about good things. What does that say to you? It just tells you that living things, human beings were created for good things. That man was programmed, right, to... Man was programmed to think about goodness. That's actually the language of Eden. That was of the beginning. Good is the language of the beginning. When God created man, he said, you know, he said he was, it was good. Then later in chapter 3, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. So it means that even bringing of a woman to a man came out of goodness. It's a, it's a conversation of goodness that brought a woman out of a man. Do you see that? Praise Jesus. So, so that thing called goodness, we shouldn't just overlook it. You know, it is the, it's the point. It's something. It's the, actually, goodness is a message for the, for the soul. That that is what every soul should be preoccupied with, looking for that which is good. I love how Isaiah chapter 55 put it. Praise God. Let's see Isaiah 55. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Oh, every, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Ye, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2. says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hacking diligently and eat ye that which is good. And then let your soul delight itself in fatness. So what, what you, are, you, are, you are meant to consume, praise Jesus, is what he says, is, he calls it that which is good. So this language is calling man out of where man fell into, right? If from Eden, man, he, when he came out of Eden, and due to the things of accepting a lower good, which is not really good, the result in that was the Lord told him 
that causes the ground for your sake. Now began to say that in, your, in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. That was what the Lord, like, can you open it to, to Genesis chapter, chapter 3? Right, it cost, causes the ground for your sake. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. And unto Adam he said, Genesis 3, verse 17. Praise God. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, right, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Then in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Praise God. Let's read it again. And unto Adam he said that because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, then cursed is the ground for thy sake, then in, thy, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the world, all the days of thy life. Now that Isaiah chapter 55. Glory to Jesus. Isaiah 55. So... Said, Who everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, come ye, buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hacking diligently, and eat ye that is which is good, and then what will happen? Your soul will delight itself in. Fatness. So that thing called the delighting of the delight is still in the soul. How will delight come back to the soul? That the only way delight will come back to the soul. And what is the meaning of delight? Delight is the answer to the sorrow, which the course of chapter 3 of Genesis was bringing, right? What did he say? Sorrow, what did he say that about sorrow there? In sorrow shall thou do what? Of it. All the days of your life. So, praise God. In the sweat of your face shall praise Jesus. Glory to God. I'm faster than this, you know. Maybe I should rely on my Bible. (laughs) uh, Okay. So, and... Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. You see that. And then in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So he's not saying that you will not eat of it. But because of the curse that has come upon it, right? 
that it will, the way is to be impossible for you to eat of it without sorrow. Right? There's something the Bible called the bread of sorrow. I forget what verse is that. Um, praise Jesus. That's the book of Psalm. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 127. He said that it is, it is vain. Is there anything in verse 1? What did verse 1 say? Praise God. It said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Right? Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he does what? Giveth his beloved sleep. Praise Jesus. So this thing called sorrow, we don't know actually sorrow. The, Satan has lied to us some, that you find that the the people who esteem or are esteemed to be the most happy, joyful, or on the earth, sometimes they can be the people with the most sorrow. If you want to tell, actually, how can you measure sorrow that a person has is how much is he eating of the earth? How much is the earth giving to him? That's how you can measure. Are you getting what I'm saying? It means that that's just the truth. There's nothing you can do about it. This sorrow is attached to the earth. The earth will not bring forth to anybody without sorrow. It's not possible. That thing is the measure. Once you take, your, take your, the harvest, then take your sorrow with it. You can't take... Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a program. That thing called... Say curse. Do you know, can you navigate through what God has caused. Do you know how? Do you know how to avoid the curse? Like when God said, I cursed the ground for your sake, that was not a trivial thing. If God cursed it, man, sir, ma, it is cursed. Some people don't like this English, but it's true. Some people don't like when you talk about the earth in that way because they love the earth too much. They love the world. Don't know, don't feel it. No, to you is holy. To you is holy. Uh, you know, to pure, all things are pure. So they feel like maybe when Jesus died and then Jesus deleted the cause. No. Jesus did not die for the earth. Jesus died for men. The earth, the destiny, the earth has a destiny. You can never change that destiny. God can never accept the earth again. The only thing is left for it is to be destroyed. And to be consumed. It can never be accepted again. So God caused the earth and there was never a remedy for the earth. God didn't do anything to redeem it. Rather, God wants to redeem men from it. So these are they which were redeemed from the earth. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Men must be redeemed out of the earth. So don't marry the earth and love it and feel that. Don't force God into the earth to be comfortable with it. It's actually a cursed place. I'm sorry to say. I'm not the one who said it. It's the Bible that said it. So, isn't, so that's why man cannot labor on the earth without curse. You are laboring within a curse. A cursed place. Do you agree with me? 
That's why they now say that the blessings of God make it rich and added no sorrow. Why did they make that, that distinction? That vow, that, because every other way to be blessed that man knows has sorrow with it. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and it, he added no what? Sorrow with it. He added no sorrow. So only, only a man who has found a way to get blessing from God Directly. Are you getting what I'm saying? That it's not, it's not a product of the cursed system of the earth. Only such a, a way. And it's not that easy to do that. <laughs> because because the, the answer to curse um, is, is hidden in a, a, a different provision of good. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you see everything that God was calling good, 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 good at the beginning? God, by, by, by cursing them, they changed from being good. And it was the actions of man who, who resulted in such things. Are you seeing that? Praise God. Glory to Jesus. So the only thing that can shift man from the, from dealings, from activity, from business that, is, that can make a man become busy out of the environment of the curse is only is a provision of God. There are two Gospels. So nobody can ever escape curse if you've not heard these two Gospels. Praise Jesus. It's, that's the only way. Everything you, you do. You say, oh, I was led by the Holy Ghost. He gave me to do what? To establish a business. Thank God. The Holy Ghost can lead you to establish a business. Well, in the what? In the, in, in, inside the economy of a, of a curse which he put on the earth. The Holy Spirit can say, okay, do this or not to work. But the fact that the Holy Ghost is the one who led you to do it, does it mean that that when you get the when it brings forth that it won't bring forth sorrow? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? That ah, but that was an idea of the spirit. Yeah, Holy Ghost gave it, but within the vicinity. So it's not really about the only way that that you can come into dividends of things that without sorrow is if God can shift the ministry of the spirit to then bring you into goodness, good things. So something has been tampered, our mind has been tampered with. That's what one of the problems with the fall of man was taking a man and this evil message that Lucifer preached. You know, the serpent preached to Eve because Eve could hear the serpent. And Eve was probably close to the serpent the serpent was a bit close to Eve. So Eve could do what? Could hear. Eve was more in tune to the serpent. So Satan could use the voice of the serpent to talk to Eve. But Adam wasn't, might not have been as in tune to the serpent as Eve. Because Adam was tuned a different way. Adam was more in tune with the tree. 
Praise Jesus. So I, I can bet you that before the serpent probably ever spoke a, a, a word to Eve, after everything the serpent says, Adam had already seen it since in the tree, the tree of the knowledge of what? Of good and evil. It's a message. That tree is a preacher. It's actually a gospel. It's a tree of a gospel. Right? It's a, it's a preacher. It's an offering of, of what he calls the, the tree of the knowledge of what? Of good and evil. You know there is no good without evil. You can never have good without evil. <laughs> Do you understand? If you say something is good, it's good in contrast to an evil. Otherwise, if there is no evil, why would you call it good? What, like good compared to what? Do you get, you cannot, you cannot define good without defining its opposite of an evil. So every good has another evil that is preaching. Praise God. But God, when God put his own, brought his own good, he didn't call it the tree of good. He just called it just the tree of life. Right, but... One, but one thing we know about, about trees is that trees are statues to produce good. Jesus was teaching about good fruit, a bad tree, and then a good tree. That a bad tree will not bring forth good fruit. Neither will a good tree bring forth bad fruit. Telling you that the purpose of trees is to bring forth good. It doesn't make any sense to you. So, so it's not only the, the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that had good in it. The tree of as long as it's a tree, is a design to produce good. Praise God. So, the, so it's very clear. The tree of life is the tree that has its own its own programs of goodness on the inside of it. Am I saying something to you? Yes, it's an offering of goodness. So, you see these two gospels of good. What God has is good things. He doesn't have any other thing apart from what he, his goodness, which he carries. So, it's very clear then that it's actually the, these gospels that the Lord compressed into the tree, that the tree was actually showing to Adam in the garden. And when he's seen it, he will be, he will be reading program of goodness. Right, uh-huh. you will see programs of what of goodness in the tree, but that goodness is every goodness of God is a message, or you can call it tidings. God's goodness comes to the soul as tidings of waters. Praise, praise God! It's a it's a gospel. Every good, God's goodness is actually a gospel. There are two gospels. So in the tree of life, there are actually two gospels inside the tree of life. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You cannot separate tide from trees, from such trees. Every, everywhere you see the tree, you see waters. When they reveal the tree in Revelation chapter 22, the first thing they said, it showed me a pure river of water of life, as clear as crystal, proceeding from what? The throne of God and of the Lamb. And on the street, midst of the street of it, that was street of it, and on either side of the river was there then what? The tree of life, which bare what? Twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. The leaves of the trees were for the what? Healing 
of the nations. Praise Jesus. So, so you can see trees connected to waters. Do you see that? In the midst of the tree, and on the other side of it was the tree of life. So it means that the, the water and the tree, they actually one. They are the same thing. So if you come to rewrite this thing, you say, okay, you, you saw a tree from where? A tree growing out of tide. Right? Tide means waters, rivers. The tidings of waters. Are you get what I'm saying? So the tree of life, you cannot, they are the same essence. Right, it's called the tree of life that was growing out of the pure river of water of life. Yes. It means that they're actually of the same essence. It's the, it's the essence of the tree that was here that is in the water. Uh-huh. It's the essence of what the tree that is. Pre- Am I making sense to you? Yes, okay, like you got, you're not too interested in this message. You don't like it. Okay. Is the is this, is this, is the, it is, is the, the, the information, the life information in the water is what is, is what is sown, is what is making the tree to grow. It's the same thing. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. You get what I'm saying? You can never have, a seed can never give its information. Like if I take a seed now, and I, I just hold a seed, and it's dry. And I say seed, you remain dry forever. What, I would, what I'm telling that seed is that you never become a tree. Because the only thing that can... It, it, a seed must smell something that will make it open up itself and release its genetic information. Nothing can make a seed ever release its, its inward DNA except water. Take, it, take a, a soil as very rich, very rich in nutrients, fertilizer, everything. Take it, dry it. Then take a seed and put the seed inside. Let everything be in the soil. And then put the seed. And the only thing that you remove is water. It can never grow, no matter what is there. There's something about water. Say water. water. There's something about seed and water. Seed and water. Say seed and water. Seed and water. Yes. So it means that a seed that only water is carries the genetic information. Only water can carry life. That's why it's called the pure river of water of life. So it's saying that it's just a water that that has received the that that's carrying the life information of a particular life form which grew out as the tree. Am I making sense to you? So it means that when you are sowing to the ground, it's not really just, it's not seed you are sowing, it's water that's going to the ground. Right? Because when you water the seed, when you water the ground, you are, you are, you are giving water to the seed that will make the seed unlock itself and pour out its genetic content. And then when it's the water that will carry that gene into the, the soil and take Take, use this information, and the soil will take it. It will now begin to grow. Do you get, are you seeing the secret? Say pure river of water of life. So that's what, so when you hear the word gospel, just think about what I just described to you. Good tidings. 
tidings, gospel, waters, flow. So the waters of God means the, 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 the stream that God has poured his genes into. That it means it's a tide, it's a flow that is coming to you with specific genetic information, with specific life information. Praise Jesus. So what, and what is that inf- information? It is, the, it is the code of good. Is the code what? The code of good or the code of goodness. Praise Jesus. Do you agree with me? Glory to God. So how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. That bringeth. So you can see such person who is bringing it. People can carry waters. People can carry tidings. People can carry waters. People can carry what? Tidings. People can carry what? Water. People can carry what? Tidings. Tidings. So when God wants to visit you, he won't cause water, a, a water to flow from heaven to flood your backyard. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It's not good. That's not the way. So you come from your backyard and see a stream that's tended up to heaven. That is not the image. Praise Jesus. That is not what? That's not the image. God who has to put you in connection with water carriers who can speak good things to your soul. It's not everybody who has good things in their mouth. Right, who, who not every, every person has the ability to say good things. Because what we call good, good is not a, is not a common commodity according to the standard. But because Satan has brought his own definition of good, we have our sense by which we determine how this is good. Oh, what very lovely thing, very good, 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 good. We see good everywhere. And we go after things that are supposedly good, but they are not good. But a soul that has been helped by God is a soul that can identify good when they hear it or when they see it. Not every soul. That's a sign that a soul can, has been helped. Who is a helped soul? Is a soul that can identify beautiful feet. Right? That's how you can know a soul is, is actually healthy. That the soul can identify beautiful feet. There's a problem, there's a sickness of souls that make them not able to do so. Like, at the time of Jesus, for example, when Jesus came on the scene and began to preach, you now discover that those in Jerusalem, they had a a kind of weird contrary nature. It's actually a nature. It means that it's like the curse has prospered so much in them. And he began to lament, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who, you stone your prophets, you kill those who are sent unto you. That long would I have gathered your children together, but you see no more of me unto you. You are able to say what? Blessed. What is blessed is he. That comment means until you are able to develop a faculty to identify blessing. Because what makes the soul 
difficult, um, unable to identify blessing is too much prosperity of the curse in the soul. When, when the soul has prospered in the curse for so well, you excel. Ah, ba ba, curse. You have acquired, you have done business with the curse so much. You have profited so much with the curse that the operation of the curse in the heart of a man makes the, the heart dull to identify blessing. Or not just blessing, because for you to identify blessing, it means you must be able to identify them that have come in the name of the Lord, who you ought to call blessed. So he said, you won't see any more of me until you learn. Until you, you have to learn something. You have to learn to identify water carriers. Right? People who carry blessing are people who carry waters from God. Those waters from God, are they are called, first of all, they are healing streams. Right? They are what? Healing, healing streams. They are healing waters. You spoke about the tree, that the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Right? Now, that water is a place. Now, you, you see the same picture of chapter 22. You see the same thing in Eden. Actually, Eden, God, well, you saw a river that was flowing to, into Eden. It flowed eastward and then divided into four places into the earth. So it's very clear that the waters, the rivers that came from Eden are the rivers that God actually put there to bless the earth. There were rivers of blessing. They actually they typify something in the spirit. right? But in the earth, physically, when God created it in the earth, God actually created waters that, that flow. right? It is actually the way God made the tree of life to come out. The Lord, everything I just taught you, you see in Genesis chapter 2 there, Jesus taught it very clear. Sorry, the, the Lord taught it to Moses and the way he was able to write it. He was speaking about all the trees, of all, all the, 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 the fruit, sorry, the seed, and all of those things of the trees before they were in the earth. And he said that they, were not, they did not appear because there was no man to do what? But to till the ground, but how did God then do it? He sent a what? A mist to go and then to water the ground. And then the Lord God caused to grow what? Uh, praise God. Out of the ground, every tree. So it means that those things were in the ground, but there was no water in them. Because the Lord has not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Do you see verse 5 of Genesis 2? And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, before. And every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God. So it could not grow because he hadn't caused it to rain upon the earth. Do you see that? So without God causing rain to occur, those things were in the earth. God had created them from Genesis chapter 1. But you will not see them, right, because they needed water, right? It's the principle now, now, now how, how did God allow, cause the tree of the water of life to grow, or the tree of life to grow? It's true also in water. Let's see, the, that's the river which he caused to flow um, eastward. You see, 
So now look at, look at verse 10. And a river went out. That's Genesis 2 verse 10. Praise God. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. So what, what you actually, you see this river here, is the same thing you see in Genesis chapter 2. You don't see the tree first, then river coming out of the tree. That's not the order. It is, you see water first. It's always water first. Do you get that? It's what, a tree is a manifestation of what was inside a water before. That was not yet manifesting. Do you get what I'm saying? He showed, he showed me a pure river of water of life. That was the first thing he saw. Clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. You see, it's proceeding. Then he now began to say, and then in what? The midst of the street of it. And on either side now grew the tree of life. So it's the water that was flowing that now began to grow the tree. The same thing you see here in Eden. Even though Genesis might be more tricky to understand because they, they spoke about the tree before the river. But you have to look closely to see that he planted a garden eastward in Eden. So if they say they planted a garden in Eden, it's called the Garden of Eden. It means there was a time there was only Eden and there was no garden. Then God went toward the east of Eden and planted a garden there. So the Garden of Eden is not the whole of Eden. The Garden of Eden is a garden in Eden. And the Garden of Eden does not span the whole of Eden. It's just in the east of Eden that God planted the garden. It means if you left the east of Eden... You go west, you, won't use, you are still in Eden, but there's no garden there. So what was the terrain in that place? I don't know <laughs> what was the terrain in that place, but all I know is that the garden was, is in the east. Praise God. There, there might be other things <laughs> in Eden that we don't know about. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So what he, he planted... So you see, Eden came first, but we saw where he planted it. Then let's see, verse 10. He now said, a river went out of Eden to water the garden. So what, the way the language is here, I can tell you that it's not in the east part that the water started from. It would have started, started from somewhere else, from in Eden, and flowed into the garden. And from what he's saying, and then from dense, it parted. That word dense means when it got to Eden, and it has passed through Eden to water Eden, it then parted into what? Four heads of rivers. So it's the same principle. Water first, then water watered the Eden. So it's out of the water came the tree. Out of the water. So, you know, I ask you how, and then Isaiah now began to speak concerning you. That you will become trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. 
So it's very clear that a person can never become a tree of righteousness if they haven't first been, they haven't first received waters. Let's go back. Praise God. Let's go back to Isaiah 61. Let's start from verse 1. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61, verse 1, amen. amen. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because, because the Lord has anointed me to preach what? Good tidings. That's the beginning. Say, say beginning. beginning. Do you want to be anything in God? Anything meaningful? You want to be anything meaningful? It begins with what? Good tidings. It begins with good tidings. It begins with waters. You will never, nobody can, can grow up. You can't be found. You can't have expression of the life of God. You want the life of God? John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you will. They have life and have it what, more abundantly. You can't have life first without tidings. Waters must flow into your soul. Are you seeing that? So if you want to now ask me, who, was, who is Jesus? Who is actually Jesus? Jesus is the man who downloaded waters from God. That... Before Jesus came on the scene, when you look at the earth, all you see is curse. There is nothing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why would they say that? Why would they say something like, for example, that Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law? Imagine law that God gave. It was actually generating more curse. It was making people more cursed because he didn't have an answer. The Lord, law had answer to something, but he never had the answer to the problem. The core of the problem is the curse. The cursed life. So the law could not, cannot deliver man from leave, cursed living. Someone will still live according to the curse, no matter how much law you practice. So cursed, cursed, Christ has delivered us from the cost of the law, being made a curse for us. It's a kind of a substitution. Are you getting what I'm saying? So who was Jesus? Jesus was the person who, is, who, who brought waters of healing first. First waters of healing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, to heal the curse. Curse must be healed first. If curse is not healed, then this, you can't even talk about God and God's own life. Right? Because God is too blessed. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ. Are you seeing that? This blessing. God wants to relate. What stops man, God from man is curse. It's just curse. That's the sign of a cursed fellow. A cursed person is somebody who doesn't, who's, who has separation from God is a sign of curse. Right? That's actually the problem with the Gentile. The Gentile nature. See that alienation from the life of God, vanity of their mind. That's the definition of curse. Vanity of their mind, 
because ignorance that is in them, all of those things, blindness of their heart, those are the attribute of a cursed person. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, God, for God to relate with man, that man first must have, first of all, been redeemed from the curse. God has to first drop a blessing to deal with the curse first. There's himself, or is himself he wants to give, but there's something about a cursed fellow that cannot come to God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise Jesus. So, it says that blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has first, he first blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Say spiritual blessings. It's very clear that those bless, blessings are the blessings of God which make it rich and added no sorrow with it. They are, they, they don't, you can't find them on the earth. They, they actually inherit their blessings of heavenly places. God, God could only keep those blessings in the, in the region that he had that were not cursed, that wasn't cursed. Right? Because the earth was under a curse. So God said, okay, I'm going to keep this blessing. I will reserve heaven as the place of blessing. Do you agree with me? I will do what? Reserve heaven as what? As the place of blessing. Heaven is actually the place of blessing. Heaven is the storehouse of blessing. Anything that didn't come from heaven is not blessed. Only things that came from heaven are blessed. Do you understand? It's the storehouse. Heaven is the storehouse of blessing. Is the storehouse of blessing. And the purpose of heaven is to bless the earth. So when God was creating heaven and the earth, God foresaw that there would be a time when the earth would need to be blessed because the earth would have fallen into a curse. He could foresee everything. And he prepared heaven from the beginning, ready as a storehouse of blessing. That's a typification between the heaven and the earth. That's from where rain cometh down from. Right? The idea of rain falling from heaven... It's water's release of blessing. The descending of water is a sign of blessing. Do you understand me? You can call it water. What all the things that they call all of them precipitation. They summarize them all as precipitation. You see, everything that comes from heaven is water. You can call it dew. You can call it rain. Call it snow. Call it you can, the ice even falls. It's just water in different ways. Or things. Have you ever seen Sprite falling from heaven? <laughs> Maltina or wine, red wine or something. So it just tells you that all heaven is designed is to pour waters on the earth. That's the design of heaven. Is to do what? Is to, is to pour waters. To pour waters on the earth. You, you, like dew. That was what's like that Psalm 133 was speaking about it. As, how, how beautiful and how pleasant it is for what brethren to dwell together, what in unity is as the what? As the oil upon the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, and even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. He said, That as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded what? The blessing, even life forevermore. 
So it's showing you, explaining that, that, see that dew upon the mountain is a command of blessing. It's a dissension of blessing. Say blessing, oh. Blessing. blessing is not cheap. If you, can, if you cannot access heaven, you can't access blessing. Blessed people are, are heavenly guys, heavenly girls, heavenly. If you like earth, you hate blessing. They need, to, they need to help you and reshape you and take you out of the hand of Satan and clean your eye from the, from the blindness and all the things he has done to make you keep, take a curse as blessing. You see, they will help you to relinquish the curse and say, hey, look up, look upward. Stop looking around the earth. There's nothing blessed here. Everything here is cursed. You have to look up word to heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the soul that has been helped to, to look up to heaven. You know, it's not easy to look into heaven, to look up to heaven, to look up to heaven. Say heaven. Heaven, heaven is a kind of orientation of the soul. When they've been able to shift your soul to always look upward, to look at heaven. Every time, every time you can be living on the earth and not be looking downwards. You can be living and looking upwards. When you have learned to look upwards, that place from where blessing comes from is a great, great help to your soul. Some souls have been insulated against waters of God. Satan has coated the soul with insulated material. That You know, there are some material, what they call them, non, I don't know, waterproof, waterproof material. When you Pour water. Do we receive the water? The water molecules just gather on top as if it's not permeable, right? It's not a permeable membrane. Some souls have been coated with a non-permeable membrane. You can preach, bring loudspeaker like this to the ear and preach tidings. Nothing, nothing will be entering. That's that's how you know a soul that Satan has really worked over time on. And you know what? My, in just little tiny experience of ministry, I realized that. All those souls are not usually souls that they crafted in beside. You know, if you let's say when you when you where you used to live, maybe you used to live beside a native doctor's house uh, or something like that. Ah, it's a car shrine people. People will live and say all their family are idol worshippers. That's why he doesn't hear gospel. It's a lie. I discovered that that's not the where where it is. That people who are like that they hear gospel easier. But you see people who have, they come from environment where serious investment has been done into the cost living. What is cost living? A, a native doctor might not know too much on how to make the earth bring forth. Do you understand? On how to chat live on the earth. He's, he's not too smart and not wise about that. Even though he does, he fellowships with demons and evil spirits. You get what I'm saying? But that is not the biggest problem that man has. When, when Cain began to, 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 ex, to enjoy the curse and give himself fully, full-time job to the curse, did you say that and say, and Cain erected a shrine to, to give sacrifice to devils? Did you ever see something like that? Or shrine, Cain became a native doctor. <laughs> or Cain went into the occultic. No, 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 no. He just, are you seeing, he just... Turned his eyes to the ground, looked around him, just saw the bare earth, and he saw you must bring forth. That was the 
That was the, the activity of the curse in Cain. Building of cities, civilization, beating the earth, troubling the earth, making the at all costs you must bring forth as a cursed man. Where's the microphone? Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Can you give it to Sister Tolu? Interpret. For Christians. Yeah. Just take it. You can. Wait. Interpretation is in the spirit. Thank you. Prahanos. Fragionata, 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 Maricisio. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Yeah, I, 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 I
I bring higher, 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 I bring you up higher, I bring you up higher, I bring you up higher, I bring you things to bring you higher, I bring you things to bring you higher, I bring you things to bring higher, I bring higher, I bring higher, bring bring higher, look up higher, look up higher, look up higher. Look up higher, look up higher. Don't look down, look up, look up, look up higher, look up higher. I see Kylie Beast, Il higher, I style higher, Mesty Liaista higher, Iista higher. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to look up? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're raising our gaze to look up, to look up to you. Tuning our heart, tuning us upward, tuning us upward, tuning our soul, tuning our soul, tuning our soul, our soul to discern blessing, to look up. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It says, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded what? The Lord commanded the blessing. Glory to God. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Say spiritual all spiritual blessings in heavenly world places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before what? Him in love. So there is what you call all spiritual blessings, right? In where? In heavenly world places in who? In Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So those blessings are they are blessings of, of that flow through channels that channels channels. They flow through channels that are plugged into heaven. Right? It's not possible to, to bring blessing without access to heaven. Blessing can never come to the earth without access to heaven. It takes channels that are right, that have been tuned to to connect to heaven that tuning of connection is like they were describing in that psalm 133 is that see that priest aaron when they say aaron aaron is a is a portal aaron is a is like a channel that is tuned toward heaven what is his tuning is 
the preciousness of his ointment, the, 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 the preciousness of his word, of his ointment is the, is the facility of connecting blessing. Are you getting me? The, that is actually why they put oil upon the priest. Why the priest? Who is a priest? A priest is somebody who is anointed to bless. Thank you, Jesus. A priest is who? Somebody who is what? Who is anointed to bless. Well, that anointing is not just anointing because anointing must come upon stature. Right? It's, a, it's like the precious ointment upon the head. That word head of Aaron that then ran down, they are showing you the stature. It's, it's the anointed stature. It runs down to his beard. The be- what is the beard? The beard is the end of the head. From the top of the head to the end of the head. That's the first part. It's an anointing of the He has a head anointing. Then he also has anointing below, which is the, the, down the skirt. Then the skirt of the garment is the bottom of the, of the body. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is talking about the full stature. It's, it's an anointed stature. I tell you that it's not, just a, it's not just a rubbing of oil. It's talking about stature. Everything about this being is anointed. Is actually such a, 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 an entity is a connector of heaven. Is that you cannot heaven open flings open when an anointed head is, is arising. When somebody who has an anointing or what what they call precious ointment here is actually the ointment of Christ. Is the is this the ointment for of the stature of, of the fullness of Christ? Are you getting me? That is what you call the precious is. Speaking about the special, is a special. This is not all the ointment that he's anointed with, but they are speaking about in this place. They are teaching about the precious ointment that will bring qualification for even life forevermore. That word "life forevermore" is everlasting life, right? So it is the precious ointment that qualifies for everlasting life. Are you getting understand what I'm trying to say? Praise Jesus. So this precious ointment is like the is an anointing, right? One of the main purpose of anointing or oil is or for people or men on the earth is for to connect heaven. Praise Jesus. The anointing of the Spirit is for to connect heaven. Is for heavens. Are you getting me? It's not for anything. The main reason for, hey, I'm anointed, and what is your anointing? I can make breakthrough happen. I can. That's not, it's not precious. That's what we call precious ointment. It's a special kind of ointment. It's, a, it's an ointment of precious things. It's an ointment of, of precious things, an ointment of blessed things. Praise Jesus. So it's like the ointment upon the head of what? Aaron, that round and So, you now see why they will speak unto Moses. Say unto Aaron and unto his sons, because not only Aaron was anointed, his sons were also anointed too. So you must say unto Aaron and unto his sons that in this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. That's Numbers chapter 6, right? Shall you bless the children of Israel in this wise, though the wisdom of blessing is by the vehicle of tidings. And our for tidings is news saying unto them, the Lord bless you. 
and keep you. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So this blessing that we are speaking about here, praise God, is a blessing. It's particularly blessing that comes from speaking. Who is Aaron? Aaron is a speaker. Right? Who is Aaron? Aaron is the one who was ordained to speak to Israel. After a while, God took Moses for himself. Your job is no longer to talk to these people. I'm claiming you as my own. Right? That was, Moses just left the people for some time. God just claimed Moses and took Moses as his own self, his own person. Then God now raised Aaron, an high priest, and the sons of Aaron, and gave Moses ordinance concerning them that how can you raise speakers for Israel? Who are those speakers? They are priests who can bring blessing to the people of Israel. Praise Jesus. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So one of the main, main purposes for, for Aaron and his son is to speak unto Israel. And the only way you can bless is by tidings. Say tidings. You must speak. Aaron must be a speaker of tidings. Praise Jesus. So the reason when they were speaking about the anointing of Aaron and all of those things is to anoint his stature so that he can download from heaven. You know that tabernacle was heaven. Do you understand? His heaven, heaven came on the mountain. Right then, from heaven, God distilled and put heavens into words and then said, you have to now build the habitation where these words can stay. So it's very clear that heaven was put into words, was written, and God said you must build a house where the word can stay. It's very clear then that the word, the house where the word will stay has become a kind of a heaven, right? Do you understand that? The tabernacle, that's why the kind of glory you see, the kind of glory that was on the tabernacle is not an earthly glory. Can you, have you seen Shekinah anywhere before? Word of Shekinah, Shekinah glory. We sing about it, Shekinah glory, fall on me, but have you ever, has a Shekinah ever come to your house before? I mean, I mean in the way that it was in the midst of the Israelites. Have you ever seen anywhere like that before? You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't. That thing was, it's an ambience of heaven. It's actually heavens. It's a, it's a, it's a glory, of a heavenly glory, that glory. You can never, ever find such a glory. The best man can do is Go into the earth and dig gold that perish it and can use it and decorate his palace. And my, my glory, I'm a king. That's the best man can do. Or go and get diamond. They are all still corrupted. But there's no diamond or golden house that you will build that can shine like the Shekinah. Even after they build the ark, everything overlaid it with gold. The most holy was still not glorious. After the Valley, everything he told, they did everything, the best of the earth. It's to prove something that is not the best of the earth, it's still not equal to the glory. God must come and furnish the tabernacle, otherwise, it can never be glorious. So, what God was trying to say that the place where these words will stay, gold alone is not enough for it. What actually the ambience of those words is actually a kind of heavenly atmosphere. Where it must stay. So even though they build the thing, they have to build a messy seat, which is a kind of seat that glory can sit upon. It means glory must always be upon that tabernacle, upon that, upon that, those words. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And it's not an earthly glory. 
is the glory of heaven. It's a heavenly kind of glory. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So you can, you can see that. It's very clear that Moses, after interacting with that, those things, after a while his face began to shine. He had to put a veil over his face to cover it because of, he has tapped into, because of the words. It's those words that are what? That are, when he goes into the holiest and comes out, his countenance shines. His countenance, what? Becomes radiant. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise Jesus. So Aaron, too, was then was given an anointing, measure of the spirit, for to for to relay one of the main reasons for the spirit or what you call the anointing is to relay those tidings, blessing to the earth. The reason for the anointing is to bring blessing to the earth. What you call the that's why I don't joke with anointed living. See, anointed living, anointed life, anointed living. You see that dry living is the earth. The curse likes that. When anytime your head is dry, when I say your head is dry, it means that you're not, you are shifting from the fellowship of the spirit. You are not pressing into the oil of, that God has given for men to cover themselves with. That you are coming out just dry like that and you just go to dry work from dry work to dry grocery store from dry grocery store to dry hair store from dry hair store to dry this to everything is dry, 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 dry. The earth likes that. You're prospering in the curse. One thing the curse hates is anointing. Every time you, they oil you, you become slippery to the earth. The earth can't hold you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You, you are meant to be that way. Let the wind blow it where it listed. You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell where it's going. So is he that is born of the spirit. Born of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? So one thing that you must excel in, if you want to be blessed, you must excel in the anointed life. Anointed. What is anointed life? Anointed life. You, can't, you cannot separate. You can't separate the anointing from heaven. It's actually an, it's a heavenly commodity. That's why they had to anoint everything in the tabernacle. They soak, drip everything with oil. The utensils, the book, even the book, even the ark, all the altars, everything must be anointed. Telling you that this thing is for, is for separation from the earth. If it will bear a heavenly glory, it must be anointed. If your soul will bear anything heavenly, it must be anointed. You can never see a dry heavenly man. Those two words, they don't go in, they don't match together. Ah, this soul is just dry, no spirit here. They say, ah, somehow it's secretly heavenly. It's nothing like that. Heavens, heaven, say heavens. Heaven, the, the, the server of heaven, it rides on the spirit. Right? If you want to be heavenly, practice anointed living. You will see that the more you practice anointed living, the more you the more you, heaven becomes closer to you. When you smell the oil, you don't smell earth. You see, that, 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 that perfume that God told him to make is a secret wisdom of God, actually. That when you're able to, it's a, 
mixture of different spices in different quantity that can produce a certain aroma, a certain oil smell. What is the smell of the oil meant to do? Is is something? Is there something about the smell that excites the olfactory senses? Right. What is the, the purpose of the excitement of the olfactory senses? Is to excite you to register in news to your soul. It's like to take it. That's one of the ways to take you away. Like music, the way music can take you away, smell can take you away. You can just perceive an aroma. You just something will happen to you as if it, it can transport you to somewhere. A, sm- a smell can just take you to in a moment to take you to a place. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Let me tell you one of the reasons for the anointing of the, of the priest. He said that sometimes the priests have to go among the people. If the, a priest walks into the room, everyone in the room begins to smell the tabernacle. Because the same oil they used to anoint the tabernacle and the utensils, that's what they used to anoint the priest. It means that the priest smells like the tabernacle. When he comes among the people, that all the smell is what? The smell is the smell of heaven. It's a type of the smell of heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's, that's how you ought to be. The reason for the anointing on your life is to make you smell like heaven. It's to, make, it's to always make you smell heaven. Otherwise, if you don't have that, you only smell the earth. And there's a connection between your olfactory senses and your memory, and there's something about your, your cognition and something about the brain that is direct hardwire. That when you smell something, it brings you to a particular, a particular spot, a particular place. You get what I'm saying? It's like think about the, don't 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 think alone of, of the anointing oil as just rubbing alone. Also remember, it's it's a solvent that has spices that has a smell inside of it. That's how there's something called the smell of the ointment. It's as the precious ointment. The precious, say precious ointment. ointment. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Out of the ivory places, palaces, where they had what? Made the glad. So it means that that bridegroom, that Jesus, Jesus has a smell. All thy garments smell of my Psalm 45, right? Not some, all thy garment. I mean, they didn't leave. there's no part of his garment that is not soaked with the smell. This smell is speaking of. Thank you, Thank you, 
glory to Jesus. Let's go, let's go. Thank you, Father. Marika Harosha. Krasio, Prahanos, Prahanos. Tessa Tota Tipa. Maliali, Stiai Leba, Hahitas. Mestiliai, Tesota, Halika, Hita, Silik, El Oita. Thank you, Jesus. Helebaita Sato Satili Ela Aite Sapili Aisti Iliaista Miss Timis Timis Mestiele bestiaile laista tali ke tibi ol oita mestiliest mestiliest mestiisti mesti isti mesti isti mesti isti mesti isti isti mesti isti mesti isti mesti mesti Kisti Kelly Mesti, Lelosti Mesti, Kelly Olois, Taila Maista, Kyle Iliais, the Coisty Le Boys, the Maisty Mesti, Melisti Lasty Mesti, Kelly Ela East, the Moy Kilia Mesti, Mestia Lasty, I Kaloite, I Stomoista Mesti, Elaista, Mesti Mesti, Kelly Mesti, Yisty Mesti, Yisty Mesti, Yisty Mesti, Yisty Mesti. Eyes for the mist. I bring eyes for mist. Eyes for mist. 
Eyes for mist. I bring eyes for mist. Eyes for mist. Eyes for mist. Eyes, mister. Eyes, mister. Eyes, Jesus. Do you have more? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I bring light. I 
bring many, 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 many lights. You bring light us. I love oil light. Still oil light. I store oil light. Bring light for up light. Up up. You bring all light unto light unto light unto light unto light. I bring many lights. I bring many, many lights. Many light for sight. Many lights for sight. Many, many lights for sight. Many, 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 many lights for sight. I bring lights. Bring light for eyes for sight for eyes for sight. Bring light for sight. I bring light for sight. Bring light for sight. I bring light for sight. Have faith for it. Have faith for it. I bring light. I bring light. I bring light. I bring light. I bring. I bring. I bring my light. I bring my light. I bring my light. I bring my light. I bring, I bring my light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Um, um, I, I sense um, um, the Lord is bringing an an inward ministry. It's an, it's an inward ministry. To so so you see the prophecy is talking about light, right? For an upward light, light for the heights, light for the heights, and it's light for for an upward sight. It's a different kind of light that you need to see. To see upward. Right. And a light for the height. Light for the height. Then she now said eyes for the mist. So is that mist, I see it as you know, a mist. When in Genesis chapter 1, it's like a, a, a mist that the Lord caused to come down, right? For, uh, to water the earth. So there is, there is the, the misty realm. Another word for mist is also a misty world, is a glory world. Right? So. When, like, that realm of the Shekinah, if you look into the Shekinah, what you actually find is almost like a misty, misty kind of atmosphere, which is, a mist is like a mixture of water and spirit. Right? It's, it's, it's higher. It's not just liquid. Right, it has to do with height. Mist is almost like dew. It's the same thing. But when you say mist, mist is closer to the ground. Right? Mist stays on the air. Dew is liquid. Dew has falls like water. 
right? When dew, dew can rest on the surface. So, right, that is when it has fully distilled down, it's like a dew. Right, so I spoke about the dew upon Mount Hermon, but the mist is different. The mist hangs in the air. You can see a river that's liquid, but you see a mist on top of it. So it's, it's river, river, but it's talking about another kind of water that is actually, it doesn't, it's not settled. It's not just, it's not earthly. Like it's not giving, it hasn't, it's not giving to rest on the earth, but it's hanging. Are you getting on? So that misty thing is actually another, is talking about the, is the good tidings of good. It is the, the, the water of salvation is not just liquid in a sense. Is higher. Do you get what I'm saying? It's higher. That's why when it's talking about blessing Zion, it's like it rests upon, right? It's like it would be like a mist on Zion. Right? That's how if you Mount Zion, if you look at Mount Zion in the physical, when you look at the mountain, you see the, the side of the mountain, it has dew upon the mountain. But above the mountain, there's a mist above the mountain. Sometimes you can't even see the mountain because of that. Mist. So mist, there's mist, then it's, but it's and fog and mist are the same thing, in a sense. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. But sometimes it has to do with the composition of, of, of air and the water molecules in there. Praise Jesus. So when he's talking about eyes for the mist, sight for the mist, or eyes for the mist, sight for the mist, is talking about another inward operation of sight that the Lord has to bring is a, is a, is a new inward light for seeing that the Lord will, will spark on the inside of every heart. It's actually eyes for the everlasting world of God. It's, it's actually it's the, it's, the, it's the water that will communicate that in the cause, even life forevermore. Are you getting me? It's the water that will, that will come in Kitward, even life forevermore. That, that light on the inside is like, is also, and that's also to tie it back to what the Lord was saying, is that that light is, is, not, a, is not separate from the anointing, from the anointed life. We know that God's order of bringing light is that God first, light must first arise from the oil. Right? It's oil that you burn to give light. Right? It's oil that you do what? It's oil that you burn to give light. It's oil. When oil has been burnt, that's what becomes eyes. Do you see that? The eyes is also a kind of a light that is given to you, right? And when you have eyes, your, your eye will first be formed by burning first. But when the eye, after the eye has been formed by burning, then the eyes later will change. It will not, it might, it will not just be burning alone. It will, be, it, will become a, it will become more glorious 
inside. The, the capacity of the eyes will change. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? But the, or the way the Lord will, will raise that eyes is I'm seeing, I'm seeing eyes that will, that will rise from anointed living. The, the movement of the anointing on the inside, you see you, you push into the anointed life and then the, the, the Holy Ghost will set it ablaze. The, the point where you know that the, your life has been, the oil has been set ablaze when it turns into eyes in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the oil I got want to set ablaze is the, is the oil of your vessel, like the, that the virgin, right? Like those virgins who had their, they didn't have just have their lamp. They also had oil in where? They had oil in the vessel. Now, when the reason for burning oil, number one, is for is for seeing, but it's not just for seeing; it's also for fragrance. Do you get what I'm saying? So, fire burning, setting the oil ablaze, is not just to produce light. So, it's for two things: you are converting oil to light, and you are converting oil to are fragrance. They are the two things. That's why you have scented candles that they won't scent. To smell them, you have to put your nose there. But once you put it down, let's say you light one at that corner, just by lighting it, you release the fragrance of it. Are you getting one? Those, are the, those things are the powers. They are the powers of the sanctuary. It's the, they're actually the power of holy living. Right, she was saying holy, holy, holy. It's the same ministry that's talking about different attributes of it. That's what produces holiness. Do you know that holiness is eyes, seeing? That's one of the characteristics of a holy soul, the way they see. Your holiness, first of all, is not just being pious and you know, you know, just you know, religious things. Holiness is, first of all, your sight, how you see. How I know a holy soul is that I, when I talk with you, I see, how do you see? Now, this person, is this being is holy. Holiness means it's a kind of separation, another way of seeing. You see from a place. You see from another perspective altogether. You are able to, the heart can, the heart can stay on holy things and peruse around holy things without getting tired. That's how you know a holy soul. But you get what I'm saying? That kind of, Holiness, that is an inward way of seeing. That thing that Jesus was speaking about, the eyes of the body, that is the eyes, the light of the body. That's the inward light of the body, the eyes, right? That if your eyes be single, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes be evil, your body will be full of darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is comparing, is, is comparing eyes and evil. So it means that where we look for evil is not where evil is a lot of times. Right? Where we look for evil is not in conduct. Evil is more in how you see. Do you understand? Your way of seeing is more, says more whether you are good or evil. Are you getting what I'm saying? Than just the things that you are doing. Praise Jesus. So that thing God wants to bring about some kind of, this thing about sanctification is, is to begin to manifest because of the, the, is the inward anointing. 
and the inward operation of the anointing, that anointing which John was speaking concerning, he calls it the holy unction, right? The unction which you have received of him, that abided word in you. is the, the one who teaches abiding. Say, so, and as it has taught you, First John chapter 2, then you shall what? Abide in him. So, a holy person is someone who has learned some kind of abiding by the tutelage of the unction of the spirit of the That's literally the school of the anointing. Mm. To live an anointed life is to live a life that is glued to, is glued to certain vicinity, certain environment. That environment is the environment of heaven. So the anointed life or the unction of the spirit it attaches your soul to blessing. The soul will always stay around blessing. The soul, will, the soul will not like other things that don't have the smell of blessing. Right? Because if something is not given the aroma of blessing, because the soul has been, has been inwardly tuned to love and to enjoy and to become comfortable around in a blessed environment, what is the blessed environment? It's an environment that is by the waters. By the waters. Planted. That the man, right, who is planted by the rivers of waters. Such a soul will bring forth fruit in season. Right? That is soul is the kind of soul that is planted by God. Are you seeing the, what is the power of planting? What makes it so planted and stay is when the soul has learned and mastered the anointed life. Praise Jesus. It's the anointed life that keeps you planted. You must, that place where you are, say that. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but whose delight he has, he has left sorrow, sorrowful living. He has moved into a, a place, a position of delight. Right? And then whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in it, what does he, does, he meditate, does he meditate day and night that it shall be like a tree? Is this working? It shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of waters that will brings forth its fruit in season. Praise Jesus. Are you seeing, are you seeing that? That brings forth its word, fruit in season. Now, such a person um, is fruitfulness, and fruitfulness comes from being planted, right? Being, for you to be fruitful, some things must have happened. You must have been planted. You must have excelled. You must have grown. Now, if you, you are planted, there are many things. There's power that will make you get to fruitfulness. Something that must happen to you after you've been planted. You must, you must have gained staying power. Right? If you don't have staying power, praise Jesus. Without staying power, amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Don't worry. Don't worry. Without, without staying power, amen. Just pay attention to what I'm saying. Without staying power, you will not be able to, to bring forth good. Right? 
It's like if you go and plant a seed, you come tomorrow, remove it, put it back. Then come next tomorrow, remove it, put it back. Come the other one. It will never grow. Like Jesus said, it will never grow. you must plant it and forget it there. There must be a power that, that keeps you in the ground. And then that will keep you in the ground. And now when you are inside, see yourself almost as, it, it's almost as if like you are a kind of a seed that God is planting. But it's not you that is the seed that is planting. It is the, it is the download of raw materials. That is, the, every one of you carries such things inside of you. Every one of you. It's just that the seed you are carrying of God's word has been put inside you for years. You've never activated the seed. It's like just you, you, it's like your, your soul, instead of your, your heart, being is a ground, which is what the heart is meant to be. But some hearts are not grounds. Some hearts are barns. Right? It's not, it's not, and it's not that bad to be a barn because... There are still people whose heart can't even be burned. They, they throw the seed right away once they cut. They don't even receive the seed in the first place. But first, but if your heart is still like a barn, where is a barn? A barn is a place that is garrison, a storage place that is dry, where seed can stay. Seed can stay in the barn for thousands of years. It will still be there. It's latent. It's just waiting for the scent of water or the smell of water. It's just waiting for the smell of water. It's there for but some of us, you are carrying seeds that are not yet active in you. But they need to convert your soul into a ground, right, that is by rivers of waters. Do you understand? All of a sudden, the game will just change. It will change. By the time the waters of God begins to hit you, it will begin to activate seeds that is inside your soul. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that seed will be like a tree planted by rivers of waters. I will bring forth. I want us to see this thing. Let's go back to that Isaiah chapter. Isaiah chapter 61. Oh, let's see. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Isaiah chapter 61. Okay, I'll read verse 1 if you're there. That the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Do you see that? So it is the spirit is upon me. Because he has what anointed me to preach good tidings unto the world, unto the meek. So it means that what he's just trying to tell you, of course, Jesus was, is the vessel who was fulfilling this in the New Testament. He made reference to this chapter in the book of Luke, chapter 4. Praise God. Now, when he say, what, 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 you are, what you learn from here is that he said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. There he said the spirit of the Lord. It means that you can divide that spirit. Right? It means that spirit of the Lord for the tidings of the Lord. The, the spirit of the Lord for the good tidings. Then what you call the spirit of the Lord God or the spirit of God for the good tidings of good. So you can see that each water has a spirit, right? That word spirit, that spirit is the spirit that oversees the waters. He said that the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach. So hear the word anointed to preach. Anointed to preach. He has anointed me to preach. He has anointed me. They can never be preaching without anointing. 
Don't see this word as just a preacher preaching. See it in a different way. Let me show you. See it as that it is the anointing that makes the rivers to flow. Right? So if, if he is not anointed to preach, he cannot preach, then it's not really him that's doing it. It means that there is something, there's a, there's a spirit behind the water. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's an, actually an anointing. There's the, so it's an, anoint, an operation of the anointing that causes the tidings right, of the waters of blessing to flow. So he says that because the Lord God has anointed me, praise Jesus, to preach good tidings unto the meek. For he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of what? The prison to them that are what? Bound. What does it mean to bind, to bind up the brokenhearted? That, word, that brokenhearted is a heart that has not been, that is porous for the, for, for the, for, for the prosperity of the of the of the the germination, the prosperity of the germination, or the prosperity of the sprouting of the seed that these tidings is bringing. So, so one of the things that good water will do is to first of all heal the land. Right, the healing of the land is the same thing as the binding up of the broken-hearted. Do you get what I'm saying? That, but the, this broken-heartedness is key. It's very, very key. Like the, the broken-hearted, you see the meek? Actually, there are two levels of meekness. Right? There's meekness for peace. There's meekness for salvation. Praise God. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You see the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then what the day of vengeance of our God to do what comfort all that mourn. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called what? The trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, so that he might be what? So that he might be glorified. See, this word tree is when they're speaking about you as a tree of righteousness. A tree of righteousness is a kind of a tree, but is, a, is actually a preliminary tree. That's not the, the greatest tree that you can become. That's not the, the greatest stature of a tree that you become. When, to be honest, when the Lord finishes with you. And they look at you and they look at the tree of life. After a while, you yourself will begin to bring forth all 12 manner of fruit. Yourself. Are you seeing that pure river of water of life of Christ? When God sees that stature, it's not, it's a, that thing is a stature. God raised Adam in the garden. Adam was standing. Then God raised a tree and told him, be looking at that tree. This is what you need to become. It is stature versus stature. Stature versus stature. He was, and that was probably where, where Adam probably lost his heart. He couldn't, he, the, maybe he was afraid of the, the gap, what he was seeing in the tree. Are you getting what I'm saying? That tree was something, a stature. When he's going to lie down to sleep, the tree doesn't lie down. This tree is still standing. 
there's something about the life of that tree that was speaking to him. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they will first of all make you an intermediary tree, which is called a tree of righteousness. That one, the tree of righteousness is what you call the planting of the Lord. But there's something called the planting of God. It's another kind of planting which God has to raise you to be. Well, first, you must first be a tree of what? Righteousness. Who is a tree of righteousness? Is a perfect man. You now see that this tree of righteousness has a job to do. The next verse begins to speak about that job that he will do. So they shall build the old waste places, raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, desolations of many generations. Are you getting what I'm saying? All of those things are works that need to be done inside the soul. There's something called old waste places. Anytime you hear the word old, think of Satan. It's not just the world. Old waste places. Those old waste places are still pockets in the soul where Satan has hidden things that it would take a soul that has become a tree of righteousness to go back to those waste, old waste places and begin to build those places up. It means there's still space for building up after becoming a tree of righteousness. It's what now calls the raising up the former desolations and the, the waste cities, the desolations of what? Of many generations. Praise Jesus. I see, I see all these things that are here, they are all going to be operations of sight. This is like another kind of professional. It's another kind of state where you, so you get to a point where the things you will begin to see about your soul will be different. You begin to see your soul with another eye entirely. Is the, the eye, a grass, when you are looking at your soul as a grass, 